with Danny Ainge stepping down from the higher-up position of the Boston Celtics and Brad Stevens theoretically taking its place, I figure this is about as good a time as any to sit down and talk about what's next. So my name's Phil, and you've been listening to Hoops Lounge, maybe in the past, maybe now, maybe never. But if you're hearing this now, then the maybe never doesn't really make sense. So let's dive in. Boston Celtics, they were just ousted uh, from the NBA playoffs in 2021, which is right now. And yeah, they didn't have Jalen Brown, and they lost. Jason Tatum looks like a stud. Kemba Walker was hurt. Tristan Thompson is still somehow playing in the playoffs. And Marcus Smart forever is getting pushed over and knocked and not getting any calls. So I think this is a really interesting part to think of not only where we should go with the Boston Celtics in terms of assets, but where we've been. You know, Danny Ainge for years, I believe he joined the Celtics in 2004, about that. Um, Danny Ainge for years has been known as one of the shrewdest GMs in the league, uh, regardless of title, we call him president or whatever, we all know Masai's pulling the strings in Toronto. But when we're thinking of shrewdness, he also has that kind of idea that you know no one wants to deal with him. And while we obviously know his shrewd moves, uh, moving on from KG and Paul Pierce, and then the uh, deal with the Philadelphia 76ers to move down and all the rest, you'd think he'd have gotten more. Now, what's interesting for me is this is a tale that should be important to the Oklahoma City Thunder and Sam Presti because we're looking at them and having a nice young core of a few guys, but obviously they need more. And they have a stockpile of picks. Well, they're the latest rendition of a team to do this. Boston Celtics for years were that team who would be known to have like two, three first round picks every year and, you know, what they could do with it and what they really never did. And they end up, you know, picking a lot of undersized, really beefy power forwards and some undersized shooting guards, some undersized point guards, and maybe the leprechaun, you know, has an influence on, on the height restrictions that they choose to pick with. But um, at the same point, we're looking at them and we're saying, couldn't you have done more with this? You know, at the end of the day, it's nice to have a lot of assets, but kind of like the Pelicans are seeing with Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Ingram, Zion, you're eventually going to have to pay these guys. And the two things you really need to do, which we'll cover a lot in these episodes, is that in team building, eventually you're going to have two or three guys who you're paying close to max money who are going to take up the majority of your your cap. Unless your team like the Clippers do it with two, and maybe that's how you build it. Maybe that's smarter, and I kind of agree that way. But you're you're going to have at least two guys you're paying max money to. I don't think there's anything wrong with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum being those two guys. I actually think Jalen Brown end up could end up being the better player, or at least the alpha on that team. I think Jason Tatum could end up being a great second banana. I know what everyone thinks, but life's all about knowing your role, and if you find a role you're more comfortable with, maybe that makes it work. But when you watch the Celtics play, you know, from the offseason for that aforementioned Gordon Hayward from Miles Turner trade that never went down because Danny Angel was demanding TJ Warren or some other players, which when we're looking at the players now, imagine they had Miles Turner, and, you know, Defensive Player of the Year possibilities to go along with that. Miles Turner, and Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown—that that's over. That's a trade that you know, if you don't think could have happened, 
Couldn't have thrown a couple firsts in there. All your, your war chest. When we're talking about a war chest, what's the actual value of a war chest if it never comes to fruition? And that's the problem I have with teams like this. Sometimes you compile too much, and you look at your stars, and you get stuck in this position where you're having to pay max money to a guy like David Lee, even though you have all these assets. Now, I think Tatum and Brown are legit stars, but, you know, Kemba Walker, really? I mean, I guess, but all those first-round picks never could have made it, never could have done a Carl Anthony Towns trade, never could have done a... I don't know, I just figure... You go to enough teams and you say, hey, I'll give you this player plus six first-round picks. Just bowl them over. Because now it's, that's their problem to pick those guys who are not going to end up being top five. And the whole kind of holy grail of what if of lottery picks. Because we love the idea of lottery picks until the moment a player is picked. Not that the player is not who we want, but it's that what if possibility that could theoretically get anybody. And that's why I think for the Boston Celtics to succeed, not only do they need to get that third star, which I actually don't think Kemba is, but I think they're going to have to overpay to do it. I think that's okay. Because by overpaying in assets now, you're not overpaying in dollars later. And cap is, and the salary cap is what really limits you. Here's a couple of examples. I think you go back to Indiana, you revisit that Miles Turks. I think he is a perfect uh, trade partner. You got a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, but apparently not wanting to be around. I know they're going to demand Brown, Tatum, all that, but really just stick with the idea of we are going to make it worth your while. Don't try to nickel and dime them. Really just throw the kitchen sink. Because when you're looking at the Celtics, what they really need is either a powerhouse one or a powerhouse four or five. You know, could that be John Collins? I think John Collins would be really fun in the Celtics. Could that be, you know, Clint Capella? Obviously not a star, but he's a guy they obviously should have gone through as well. Like, like the fact that they didn't come away with either Clint Capella or Miles Turner for the last couple of years when their trade value was so low is inexcusable. And I know we're all going to think of Danny Ainge as a super guy who used all his ass, but his shit stinks too. And I think it's directly his fault that they are not able to do. Look, he drafted two guys, number three overall in Brown and Tatum. And apart from that, what did he really do? I know it hurts to think as one of the best general managers in the game. Like, how's that possible? But that's what it is. So I want to know what you guys think. Make a little comment, make a little rating. The Boston Celtics are not as good as they could have been because of Danny Ainge. And in this offseason, in a, in a league where we seem to not value bigs, they need to well overpay and go bring in a legit big. See you next time.